invite you to take your Bibles and turn with me to Matthew, the 16th chapter. Matthew, chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16, and we'll be looking this morning at the question, Who is Jesus to you? Who is Jesus to you? Now, Jesus and His disciples are told here in chapter 16 are in the coast of Caesarea Philippi. Caesarea Philippi, and you see it kind of uh, your geography lesson this morning is up, up here on the top here, and that's about uh, uh, 25 miles north of uh, Bethsaida, which is down towards the bottom of the map. Whoops, we'll get back there. Hit the wrong button. Down here at the bottom, by the Sea of Galilee. Uh, this is a predominantly Gentile area, Caesarea, uh, coast of Caesarea Philippi, uh, where Jesus had healed a blind man, according to Mark chapter 8. Uh, it's here where a spring issues forth from the Mount Hermon. that forms one of the tributaries uh, that becomes the Jordan River. Now, this is a beautiful area that's steeped in pagan religion. Back in the ancient times, uh, the city was called Bolinas because it was the center of Baal worship. Baal was the Phoenician god of fertility and nature. Later, the name was changed to Panias because of the Greeks believed that their god, Pan, was born in a cave in the hills above the city at the foot of Mount Hermon. Pan was uh, kind of that, uh, uh, maybe you've seen pictures in Greek uh, mythology or Greek uh, religion, uh, half goat, half man. Uh, He was believed to be the guardian of the flocks and of nature. In fact, uh, the modern name of this ancient city, Benias, which is a form of Penanias or Paneas uh, here. And Caesarea Philippi also contained uh, some beautiful gleaming marble temples. Uh, one particular was built by Herod Philip uh, to honor Caesar, the Roman emperor who considered to be a god. The citizens of this city were required to enter into this temple at least once per year, place a pinch of incense on a burning altar, and proclaim, Caesar is Lord. Caesar is Lord. And it's here, in this city, devoted to the worship of idols and man-made gods, that Jesus chose to, uh, as a place to make a fuller, rela- a fuller revelation of himself to his disciples. It was also here that Simon Peter saw for the first time that Jesus Christ was truly the Son of God. And so Jesus uses a very tragic backdrop of paganism and false worship to cause men to think about the most vital issue of life. And this issue is, who is Jesus to you? Who is Jesus to you? Correctly understanding who Jesus is means the difference between being saved and being lost. It means the difference between heaven and hell. And we have a real problem in our world today. There's a problem with those who have an intellectual knowledge of the Lord Jesus, but they have no heart relationship with Him. 
Jesus is being downplayed. He's being slandered all around us. We're told that we can't pray in Jesus' name in public. Uh, Jesus is misportrayed in movies and documentaries on television. In fact, there's a book that's recently been written entitled Killing Jesus by Bill O'Reilly of Fox News. Now, I might, and I emphasize, I might agree with Bill politically on some things, but I doubt I will agree very much with what he has to say about Jesus. Because this book is really a rehash of what a bunch of liberal theologians did about 20, 30 years ago, and they left, uh, went out to search for the historical Jesus. Uh, they only used documentation from history, and they left out the most important document, the Bible. You see, if you want to know Jesus Christ, the Bible is the place where you look. And today I want us to take a close look at our Savior's question here in verse 15. And the question is, whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And your answer to that question determines how you will live your life, and it will determine where you will go when you die. It is the single most important question you will ever hear, or for that matter, that you will ever answer. And so this morning, we want to consider the possible answers together as we examine the question, who is Jesus to you? We're going to read our text, and then we're going to have a word of prayer, and we're going to attempt to answer that question. Notice here in Matthew chapter 16, beginning in verse 13, it says, Then Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi. He asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said... Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for your precious word this morning. And we pray, Lord, as we have opened it up and we've begun to uh, examine what your word says here in Matthew chapter 16, the Spirit of God would direct and lead us in our thinking this morning. Lord, we pray your blessing upon our time in Jesus' name. Amen. Who is Jesus to you? Uh, whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am, as Jesus asked here? Well, first of all, let's ask humanity. Let's ask humanity. Uh, what have men said in the past? What have men said in the past? During the life of Christ, men had a lot to say about him and who they thought he was. We even see it here in our text. Verse 14 shows us some uh, who some of the uh, they thought that Jesus uh, to be. Some thought he was John the Baptist. Uh, John the Baptist, a holy man willing to die for his faith, even King Herod thought that Jesus was John the Baptist, raised from the dead. We found that back in Matthew chapter 14. Uh, some said he was Elijah, uh, one of the greatest of all the Old Testament prophets. The Jews had expected Elijah to return just before the Messiah came, according to Malachi 4 and verse 5. Some believed that Jesus was the forerunner, but not the Messiah. So they thought he was Elijah. Uh, some thought he was Jeremiah. 
a holy prophet who was expected to return to earth just before the Messiah came. He was supposed to bring with him the tabernacle, the Ark of the Covenant, and the altar of incense, which he had hidden in Mount Nebo before he died. And then some thought he was one of the prophets, a man God sent with a message for their time, a man who, in whom dwelt the spirit of one of the great prophets. Now I want you to notice here that all of these views actually elevated Jesus above the status of an ordinary man. And they show that the Jews at least believed him to be a great man, even a holy man, but their views of him fell uh, far short of what is required for salvation. And then some just thought he was a nobody. Everyone in Jesus' day thought he was a great man, but some thought he was nothing more than a nobody. Some even thought he was an evil man. Uh, some thought he, uh, you know, he, they said he was just a lowly carpenter, according to Mark chapter 6, verse 3. He was the son of Joseph, John 6, 42. He was a sinner, according to John 9, 24. Of course, we know he was not a sinner, but they called him a sinner. He was an illegitimate child uh, in John 8, 41. Some thought he was illegitimate. Uh, some thought he was a devil. We saw that in Matthew chapter 12, verse 24. Others thought him a madman, John 10, 20. And some thought him a fool or an object of contempt and scorn, which we'll see later in Matthew chapter 27. Even his half-brothers had very harsh things to say about Jesus in John chapter 7. Now, if they will say these types of things about Jesus then, and uh, even... Uh, if they'll say them now, what will they say about him when he isn't here on earth, working miracles and demonstrating his power? So that's what some of the men uh, uh, would have said uh, in the past. Now, what do men say in the present? Well, just as men had an opinion concerning the identity of Jesus Christ in his day, so people have their opinions about him today. And here's what a few people are saying about Jesus. For instance, the Jehovah Witnesses, uh, they say, uh, according to their writings, Michael the archangel is none, uh, no other than the only begotten Son of God, now Jesus Christ. And we could give many, many examples of how they have uh, uh, slandered the Lord Jesus Christ in their writings. Uh, the Mormons as well. Uh, in their writings, say that Jesus, our elder brother, was begotten in the flesh by the same character that was in the Garden of Eden and who is our Father in heaven. Uh, they say uh, also that Lucifer, the son of the morning, is our elder brother and the brother of Jesus, according to uh, the apostle uh, in Mormon doctrine. Uh, they say Jesus was married at Cana, uh, Canaan of Galilee. He had many wives, including Mary and Martha, uh, he also had man-children. Uh, they say Jesus was the first baby born to God in heaven uh, when God in a physical body had intimate relations with Mary, his own daughter. Uh, he is the spirit brother of Lucifer. These are just some of the things that the Mormons will teach about the Lord Jesus Christ. Whom do men say that I, uh, the Son of Man, am? This is what some of them are saying in the present. Uh, Islam. 
Jesus has no more than a was no more than a mortal whom Allah favored and made an example to Israelites. They are unbelievers who say God is Messiah, Mary's son. Uh, Jesus, they say, was a prophet, but he was not crucified on the cross. He will return, but he is not God. Then also the Hindu. The Hindus just say, Jesus is one of millions of gods. Small g, by the way. One of millions of gods. And then the Jewish Talmud. Uh, Jewish writings that detail how Jews were left uh, to live their lives uh, has, has the following saying, things to say about Jesus. Here's what it says. She, who was a descendant of princes and governors, played the harlot with carpenters, according to Sanhedrin, page 106. Miriam, that is Mary, they said, the hairdresser had sexual relations with many men. Jesus was executed because he practiced sorcery. Uh, Jesus is in hell being boiled in hot excrement. The Jewish encyclopedia pictures Jesus as a blind in one eye and lame in one foot. This is what men, even the present, have said about the Lord Jesus. And then one other area, which I think covers a lot of the thinking in today... This is the group I was referring to earlier when referencing Bill O'Reilly's book. According to this book of, or this group of modernistic scholars, the Jesus Seminar, Christ did not speak most of the Beatitudes in the Sermon on the Mount. He did not say anything about turning the other cheek. He did not speak the parable of the sower, the parable of the ten virgins, the parable of the ten pieces of money, or the parable of the talents. He did not say, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. He did not say in the Garden of Gethsemane. He did not uh, did not pray in the Garden of Gethsemane. He did not say, take, eat, this is my body and other sayings associated with the Lord's Supper. He did not say, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Or he did not say, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me when he was on the cross? These theologians, these liberal theologians of the Jesus Seminar, uh, determined that Christ did not walk on the water, did not feed thousands with a few loaves and fishes, did not prophesy uh, of His death or resurrection or second coming, did not conduct the Last Supper as it's recorded in Scripture, did not appear before the Jewish high priest or before Pilate. He did not rise bodily on the third day nor ascend into heaven. You see, according to these men, uh, these uh, theologians, the story of the historical Jesus ended with his death on the cross and the decay of his body. According to these modernistic scholars, Jesus Christ was a mere man who was filled with delusions, was caught up in some political intrigue, and at Redlands, California meeting in 1986, Jesus Seminar scholar Ron Cameron stated, the death of Jesus was like a car wreck. It's an accident of history. Now, I'm not sure why the Romans killed Jesus, he said, but the gospel stories are not historical in a modern sense of the word. I don't think Jesus had the notoriety that the gospels say he did. His sayings don't anywhere give evidence that he was trying to found a church or a reform movement. Another one of the Jesus uh, Seminar fellows, Marcus Borg, 
made the following statement to the religious press in 1992. He said, I would argue that the truth of Easter does not depend on whether there was an empty tomb or whether anything happened to the body of Jesus. He says, I do not see the Christian tradition as exclusively true or the Bible as the unique and infallible revelation of God. He makes no, it makes no historical sense to say Jesus was killed for the sins of the world. He went on to say, I am one of those Christians who does not believe in the virgin birth, nor in the star of Bethlehem, nor in the journeys of the wise men, nor in the shepherds coming to the manger as facts of history. Now you see people living all around us have an opinion concerning Jesus Christ. Now maybe they're not as bold as these theologians have been, but some think, well, yeah, he was a good man. Oh yeah, he was a good teacher. You know, people have uh, hold all types of ideas and concerning who Jesus Christ is. And what is sad, that is nothing I've shared with you this far, is even close to the truth. All of these people in these groups have their ideas about Jesus. But none of them are biblical ideas. And since humanity cannot help us determine the identity of Jesus, then let's ask heaven. We've asked humanity, let's ask heaven. Let's ask the sovereign, first of all. Notice the, what God, the Father, says about Jesus. He said, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased, back in Matthew 3.17. He said, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye Him, in Matthew 17, verse 5. And we hear from God the Father, the Sovereign, we hear from the spirits. The spirit world has something to say about Jesus. There are the heavenly spirits, of course, those who spoke to Joseph and Mary uh, about the birth of Jesus. In Matthew chapter 1, and in Luke chapter 1, also those who spoke to the, uh, the shepherds uh, in Luke chapter 2, they had something to say about Jesus. And then there's the hellish spirits, uh, those who uh, were demon-possessed, the devils also believe and they tremble. So we ask the sovereign, we ask the spirit, let's ask the scriptures. Well, we could spend a long time here going through the scriptures, all the passages of the Bible, Isaiah 9 and Micah 5 and Isaiah 11, Jeremiah 23, and we could go on and on and on through the scriptures. And the Bible is filled with information about the identity of the Lord Jesus Christ. Even the names given to Jesus in the Bible speak of his position. He's called Lord. This implies that he is in control, uh, that he is deity. His name is Jesus. What does Jesus mean? Jehovah is salvation. It, uh, that's his earthly name, but it reminds us also that he was a human. He was called Christ, which means anointed refers to Jesus as the chosen one of God to be the Messiah. And the Bible's crystal clear as to who Jesus is. Well then, let's ask the saints. Many of the great figures of the New Testament offered their testimony uh, to identify the Lord Jesus. As Peter told, or as Jesus told Peter here in Matthew chapter 16, the knowledge of who Jesus is does not come from the human heart. You go back down to verse 17, it says, And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it to thee, but my Father which is in heaven. 
for the sake of time, we'll simply ask two of these great men at the moment, what about John the Baptist? What did he say? John 1.34, he said, And I saw and bear record that this is the Son of God. And then what's asked the Apostle Paul? Acts 9.20, And straightway he preached Christ in the synagogues that he is the Son of God. And so you ask saints, and we could spend a long time here as well, but let's go on to uh, the Savior himself. When a person says something about himself, that's very important in discussing his identity. Here are some of the things Jesus said about himself. Notice what he said about himself. John 14, he that hath seen me hath seen the Father. John 10, 30, I and the Father are one. John 8, 58, Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am. John 14, 6 said, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. John 17, you just have to read the whole chapter there. We can't quote the whole thing here, but that's Jesus' prayer. And it tells us everything we need to know about the Lord Jesus and who He was. John 6, I am the bread of life. John 8, I am the light of the world. John 10, I am the door. I am the good shepherd. I am the Son of God. John 11, I am the resurrection and the life. We've already looked at John 14 and John 15 as we looked at in our Sunday school lesson this morning. He says, I am the vine. This is what Jesus says about His identity. So we've asked humanity, we've asked heaven, let's ask our own hearts this morning. First of all, let's hear from others' hearts. Now in the pages of the Bible, several people had a a personal encounter with Jesus that forever changed their lives. And just a few statements about Jesus uh, this morning. For instance, there was uh, Simeon. Simeon in Luke chapter 2 and verse 28 said, Mine eyes have seen thy salvation, a light to lighten the Gentiles and glory of thy people Israel. And then we look at Nathanael in John chapter 1, verse 49. Rabbi, thou art the Son of God, thou art the King of Israel, he said. Simon Peter in our text this morning said uh, that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. The woman at the well in John 4 and verse 29 said, Come, see a man which told me all things that I ever did. Is not this the Christ? And then, of course, Martha in John eleven twenty seven, 27, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which shall come into the world. And then we, can not, we cannot forget the dying thief. Uh, In Luke chapter 23, it says there, And one of the malefactors which were hanged railed on him, saying, If thou be Christ, save thyself. But the other answered, uh, rebuked him, saying, Dost not thou fear God, seeing that thou art in the same condemnation? And we indeed justify, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man hath done nothing amiss. And he said unto Jesus, the Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. We cannot forget the Roman centurion. In Mark chapter 15 and verse 39, Truly this man was the Son of God. And then Thomas, doubting Thomas, said in John 20, in verse 24 through 28, he said, My God, or my Lord, and my God. 
referring to Jesus. Now, there are many, many other witnesses, again, that we could look at and could, we could call on to testify as to who Jesus is. But these are su- sufficient to see that any life that is touched directly by his life is a life that's profoundly affected. And so we've heard from others' hearts. Let's hear from our hearts. We've heard from man today. We've seen among humans that there are those who will deny that Jesus is the Son of God. He's the only way of salvation. We have had other testimony that, uh, uh, from lives that have been changed by Him. And so that would indicate to me that He is who He indicates and claims to be. We've heard what Almighty God has said about Him. We've listened to the angels give voice to what they know to be the truth. And we've heard the grudging witnesses of the demonic spirits. We've heard enough, really, to be convinced that Jesus Christ is someone about whom we must make a decision. And so with that in mind, what does your heart say about Him today? Is He just a baby at Christmas and a guy on the cross at Easter? Or is He the crucified, risen Lord of your life? Is he a way to God, just one of many? Or is he the way, the truth, and the life? Is he a good man, a great teacher, and a prophet? Or is he the Son of God and your only hope for salvation? Is he a liar? Is he a lunatic? Or is he the Lord? And what is your testimony in your heart today? Are you trusting Jesus and Him alone for the salvation of your soul? Have you faced a time when you saw yourself as a sinner and Jesus Christ as your only hope? Are you trusting Jesus and Him alone for your soul's salvation? Well, let's hear from the Bible one more time. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Acts 4 and verse 12 says, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name given among, in, uh, under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. In Acts 16.31, uh, And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved in thy house. Romans 10, verse 9, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. And Romans 10, 13, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I wonder this morning, where do you stand in the midst of all this? Who is Jesus to you this morning? Who is Jesus? Is your answer one that will guarantee you a home in heaven when you leave this world? Is your answer the kind that pleases the flesh, the world, and the devil? Or is, some kind of, uh, is it the kind that pleases the Lord? I'm going to ask you this morning, are you saved? Do you want to be saved? And if you want to be saved, will you come to Jesus today? You know, these questions are vital. The most vital question that we could ever consider is, who is Jesus to you? Now, Peter got it right here. In verse 16, Peter said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And he only got it right because the answer had been revealed to him by the Lord, as it says in verse 17. 
Right now, the Lord is revealing His identity in your own heart. I trust the Lord, uh, the Spirit of God is convicting you of even your sin or drawing you to Himself. And so if He is, it's time to come to Him. And so right now, you are asking, what should I do with Jesus? One day, the question will be, what will Jesus do with me? Listen, if you're not saved, you need to come to Christ today. And if you are saved, there's also the question of who Jesus is to you. Those of you that have trusted Christ as your Savior, what are you doing with Jesus? Does He continue to be the Lord of your life? He saved you. What are you doing to please Him and to serve Him? Let's bow our heads in prayer. Very simple message this morning because it's just a very simple question. Many have, have used, as you've seen, have complicated this issue in a great way by rejecting the book that we, we have opened this morning, rejecting God's Word. I trust you will not reject God's Word, but you will love it and you will take heed to it. And you will answer the question, who is Jesus to you? Our Father in heaven, we thank you for the precious Word of God and we pray, Lord, that it has the answers to all of life's issues and questions. But here is a very important question. As this passage of Scripture in Matthew chapter 16 is a very pivotal uh, passage, many things hinge right here. And they hinge on this question, Who do, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And Lord, I pray that each one here this morning has answered this question very carefully. And I pray, Lord, that as they consider the question this morning, that they have the right answer, just like Peter did. Lord, if there's someone here that does not know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, that today would be the day when they trust Him and have that relationship. They believe on Him and are, will be saved. Lord, bless our invitation time, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.